0: Welcome in folks. This is Divis and Pivots. It's Tuesday night here on that sports podcast network, and we are coming off what was definitely an exciting uh finish to the weekend. Uh, This past weekend, but let's not get into that just yet. We will get into that in a little bit, but we'll be joining us here shortly. But let's get into, first of all, my opening thoughts of this week. Uh, And where I want to go is something that's coming up here soon as an opening thought. Uh, Full swing on Netflix, Netflix, uh, full swing too, I should say coming up here soon as bud joins us but full swing Two coming up on march 6th is what my opening thought is i can get into that but first welcome in bud how are you bud uh flying in hot as always
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't know where to start the uh the intern is okay. still out of town that has my has my uh, old camera so we're having to make do with this rusty backup i apologize for everybody who tuned no. in for the money maker here this is obviously the high res uh, experience that you've come to expect <laughs> from Divots and Pivots. Also, I thought I had a little bit of a buffer here. I forgot that we're still in transition with uh, that sports podcast network and yes. our new intro. And uh, that let's not yeah, let's this, not do this today. Thank you. No, there you. I thought my camera's about. To, I thought my was about to Fritz <laughs> out again. We really were going to have to fire some people. So uh, <clears throat> good to see you. Good happy yeah. Tuesday evening. Sorry, I just came flying in a uh, lot no, like that good. it's world war three upstairs toddlers get to that point you've got a couple of mm-hmm. kids
0: yeah i was actually just hearing it upstairs myself uh, right before you came on so i was like up oh, i wonder what's happening up there
1: are you talking about like at my house or your house
0: no wait, here at my house it's, it's, so you're not alone around
1: <laughs> so thanks for everybody who tuned in all the mom bloggers who tuned in to listen to us talk about parenting in the 21st century i'm <laughs> yes. your host bud copeland this at this buds for you, morale is high. I'm, I'm, I'm in one of those, I'm in one of those moods where everybody else I think is kind of doing this for a minute and I have to, I take three mm-hmm. steps back and I'm like, why do they, fo- why do people focus on the negative? But, uh, morale's uh-huh. high. We've got a lot to look forward to. So I will say, I'm kind of, I'm entering that show hole. I found myself recently being like, "Oh, what football game is on tonight?" And I do have to admit <laughs> that I'm, I'm, I'm missing that a little bit. But I'm there's plenty of golf content to fill it, plenty of conversation uh, to go around. And so, what's on? What's on your brain? What's kind of something that's caught your eye recently? And so I yeah, bet yeah, that you've... mine might be coming in, in surprising you. I don't know if you've seen this yet or not. Well, so you mentioned
0: the show hole here. So just quickly, I'm going to touch on that. I've just started uh, for the same reason. You know, sports are, uh, you know, everyone's been saying, oh, football's done. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I say, well, the Masters is coming up. There's a lot of good sports coming up. But there we are. You hit. There's a couple weeks here now. We are in a little bit of a slight low before the players comes and whatnot, uh, before March Madness kicks in. I just started. I've been binging for the last, like, week or two now. Uh, suits. On Netflix just finally oh, getting around so- to watching Suits and it is worth the hype it, it it meets the bill perfectly it is a fantastic show
1: so where are you right now in the series
0: um oh I, I don't know the exact season I'm on honestly but I know it, it's after ah, it's who cares after... about sea- I,
1: I don't give yeah, a shit okay. if you're on season four episode two what's going <laughs> on in the storyline
0: uh yeah so it was uh Donna just got offered the job by Stu to go over to the the stock farm and the the stock company instead okay um so like so Paula and Harvey are looks like they're probably gonna break up if he doesn't fire Donna is basically what the ultimatum she just gave one the last episode I watched
1: so the, and, and again just for those joining us uh the uh the tardy kids like me back in high school <laughs> our, our bell would ring and it rang for something like eight seconds. It like had like seven rings over eight seconds. And the rule was always, you had to be in the door mm-hmm. by the last, the last bell. So we yes. almost had it mapped out that as long as you're, as long as you're at a certain point in the courtyard or the hallway, when that bell starts ringing, you're perfectly fine. You can make it there in time. Uh, there but the suit, the suits revelation is fascinating. I'm a huge suits guy. I just went through it for the second time. Although yeah. I will say I petered out twice. Uh, couldn't finish it. Okay. And, uh, Peter doubt's an awful phrase to use, but I couldn't, it, it, it jumped the shark at a point for me and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but a fun fact about suits. it's why my best friend became a lawyer. He legitimately, he was a leasing consultant for a number of years. He said he had been on a number of job interviews and he found himself enthralled with that. And he was like, why don't I go do that? And so he went to law school and now he's a defense attorney in Cobb County, different type of law, but similar kind of story. Uh, It's funny that you should pivot there early because I was actually going to ask you later this exact question of how are you filling your show hole? And it sounds to me like suits is where you've gone. I just yesterday had a, ha, picked mine. I literally picked one, and that's what made me okay. think of you. Was like, we got to, I got to ask him what he's doing with his time because, similarly, once March Madness comes around, I'll pay attention for a couple of days just because it's daytime live sports. And yeah, you, you, hope to see, you hope you
0: hope to see and you hope to see the Cinderella upsets or whatever. Yeah, but you yeah. but you nailed it. But the best thing about March Madness is that it's during the day while you're working, and it, it just right. It's, there's something fun about that aspect. So you you nailed it there. But sorry, continue.
1: My social media feed recently, whatever algorithms are running the universe, has been pumping a lot of Friday night lights clips. And I don't I don't know what that says. And I never I never watched the movie with Billy Bob Thornton and Tim McGraw and you know whatever. And I never watched the show. show. Well, no, I (laughs) I never watched the show either. Same Completely, but the show that is like you say completely different although is yeah. it's about a Texas high school football in yes, the town yeah yeah I know dip um <laughs> I never watched either one of those but all of a sudden and it was, specifically the clip uh came up yet last night that made me kind of say you know what I got some time I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch Friday night lights I'm gonna go back mm-hmm. and rip through it uh was there in some locker room and I guess after a game where Something bad had happened between players, and one team goes to confront another, and then the 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 other coach not you can tell who the protagonist is obviously, uh, and the other coach you know starts John at the player and says get out of here and you know all that kind of stuff, and then the main guy comes in puts him up against a wall. I mean, I never played football for obvious reasons, but I uh, I also my school didn't have a football team at the time, uh, but. It made me want to run through a freaking frick, brick wall, and yeah. I guess the golf equivalent of that was like it made me really want to go, you know, grind out some ten footers on the green. It really is a golf
0: equivalent, but it was a nice attempt.
1: But that no, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think it does lead right into what you kind of have written down for your opening thoughts. Which surprised me uh, that you're this excited about it. But then when I looked back, it makes sense. So what what uh yeah. what are your opening thoughts for this week? Where's your brain going off the course? I'm pumped, well,
0: I'm pumped that because we're talking about shows and filling this, you know, quote-unquote show hole after the, the Super Bowl hangover here. Uh, and that full swing is right around the corner. It starts on March 6th. That's, what, two and a half weeks away, roughly. Um, so I got into really looking in the, today about, like, who's who's going to be making appearances and whatnot. The format's going to be the same. It's going to be fantastic. But we do have a fantastic uh, lineup. Joel Diamond's coming back, Rory, Dustin's, uh, some of those guys. There's a few here names that I don't know if you've seen the names of who's going to be in it yet, but there's a few names here that jumped out to me that I'm very curious to see at what point they caught them in the storyline. Um, sure. Zach Johnson is one. Uh, I, I want to see, obviously it's got i I'm assuming it's going to be around the Ryder cup time and all leading up to that whatnot. but curious to see how he handled that from a different perspective. Um, and then Keegan Bradley Because I'm curious to see if they mention any of the TGL and, like, his recruitment process into that. Like, if that's even mentioned. Like, I don't think we're going to get see, obviously, an in-depth look of anything or any sneak peeks of what that is supposed to be. But I'm curious to see if it's even mentioned. Like, oh, if he he just mentioned in passing in the episode, had a phone call with Tiger today or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of curious to see if the PGA gives a little nod to TGL through the eyes of Keegan Bradley at all. Frog watch, baby. We're here
1: fucking frog watch (laughs) frog watch 2024 rory and adam still holding it down i think i think tyrell's going to be shown the door but who knows yeah i uh i like that because full swing you're right it came out around this time last year and since then uh, the Zach Johnson thing is going to be all about his Ryder cup captaincy. And the yep. whole season, I was trying to look up the episode list here because the whole season that it, it, it finishes with like a two-parter all, all roads lead to Rome part one and two because they were there. So we're going to get to hear about Hatgate, We're going to get to see about like the parking exactly. lot, you know, a little scuffle. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I want to see the reaction of everybody when they find out about this kind of the peace talks, so to speak, the agreement yep. June 6th, uh, right before the U S open, I think it was June 6th, June six or 7th, somewhere in there last year, but it was right before the U S open and, uh, that everybody was putting down their guns. And then, you know, a year later, Rory right now, when you see people talk about Rory, they're talking about how he's, uh, foot loose and fancy free. So to speak, he's focusing on playing and competing only. He he's not on the player's board anymore, or he's not a player representative anymore. Yep. Uh, he's not fighting these battles and he's just focusing on the golf and uh you know we'll see him in a couple of weeks obviously we're not going to see many people we'll talk about mexico later but i'm looking forward to seeing how that how that shakes down because i don't know man it's been it's been eerily quiet with the the live and uh, the live pif pga tour merger non-merger agreement talks down to and i noticed this subtlety i think you you mentioned it too when this whole pga tour enterprises was introduced you back up the tape and originally all the power was going to still or the majority shareholders power whatever you want to talk about was gonna, was going to always live with the PGA tour that's how the PGA tour Jay yep. Monaghan, that's how they all signed on is at the end of the day we're going to final say but they were still going to give the chairman's position over to you know chairman Yasser i think it was kind of be one of those things where yep. kind of like a country that has a prime minister and a president it's like who really has the power who's really in charge there's technicalities to involved look at it, yeah right but shitty way to look at it but the, but i mean thank you i appreciate that but i think (laughs) with when when jay was announced as the chairman even there's been other kind of subtextual hints at we've got this money now you know we welcome their investment but we don't necessarily need it anymore Mm -hmm. they went out and snagged john rom so i want to see how all that's reflected in and uh, full swing season two, because we're about to get the reality of it here. I, I think in the next, I think in the next few months, and I think full swing season yeah. three is going to have their, their headline right there. I'll tell you what, something, Great. and this kind of parlays into my opening thoughts today in it's something that Mackenzie Hughes and folks who don't know Mackenzie Hughes, Canadian golfer, uh, he's been—I don't know if he's won or not. I want to say he might. he he, he has snagged a victory, but don't I can't matter, remember. But
0: I, I know the Canadians have been making a surge recently. I know—I know at one point looking at the leaderboard oh, this weekend, it was—it was almost a point I made that there was like five of them in the top ten at one point. So they're—they're like they're making a nice little surge this season.
1: Well, you love Adam Svensson and Nick Taylor's. Mm-hmm. Nick Taylor's been showing up, but anyways, Mackenzie yeah. Hughes was doing a walk and talk, and this is something that I think the PGA Tour is introducing. Um, that it's kind of like, you know, at first with baseball, you saw them do it. The managers put on the headset, you know, for an inning or yep. two or half an inning. Uh, it's up there with, you know, the mandatory two questions that NBA basketball coaches have to take and football coaches. Have. It's that, that little bit of a glimpse and an insight. yeah And I'm shocked that some of these players have agreed to do it. I mean, Rory's done one, you know, they pop in the air buds and they walk from the tee to whatever approach shot, or they play the entire hole talking to the TV host Now, obviously these guys have to sign off on it. Um, sure. but for th- but for them, I, I do, I do love it. I think it's kind of cool. And it is that, that level of accessibility that's going to help yeah. the tour or those little, those little kind of tweaks. So Mackenzie Hughes was doing one and Jim Nance, uh, had heard him, had heard Mackenzie answer a similar question previously. So he brought it back up and was basically like, Mackenzie, what are your thoughts on the current state of the game? Mm. And, and if you miss his comments, mm. he essentially was saying, something we've heard before, he was disappointed in the role that money has taken on in the game Mm -hmm. and how it's getting away from the kind of meaning behind all of this competing at a high level, going against, you know, top quality golfers, helping out the communities through the tournaments that you play and kind of the roots of it all. And it stuck with me because it's, it paralleled something that I've been talking about for quite a long time, which is, the the role that money is being played maybe not by the pga tour but maybe by us or by by the kind of the 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 media writ large and here we go podcaster in his basement is going to throw shade <laughs> at the at the big media guys no but i mean and it's not even the big media guys like the writers i think it's the producers no. at the high level who, who think that this exactly. is the storylines that people at home care about a long time ago and i mean i say a long time ago but a while back You know, we were a little more enamored, I think, with how much money these guys were taking home. Uh, But it has hit these absurd levels where it's so inaccessible. We can't, you know, we can't fathom those numbers. And also, at the end of the day, when I turn it off, it's not like, good for him for getting another $4 million. Yeah. (laughs) I I still got bills to pay. You know, that kind of, it's a little tone deaf. It's a little let them eat cake to be focusing so much on that. Now I'm gonna pause for a moment and everybody's gonna be like, Oh, that's the reality. You're naive if you don't think that money moves everything. No, what I'm saying is an old kind of US that. civics lesson from the middle school days. And this nobody likes to see how the sausage is made. And same kind of thing is here. Okay, we 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 get it, they're gonna take home big paychecks, but we don't really care about that. That's you know, that's it's so rare that these guys get picked off by live now. It's gonna be, you know, one snagging here and there. Yeah. And Arthur, was Arthur Branch, the Falcons owner,
0: uh, yeah. he, was
1: talk, he was talking about, because he's he's part of that Fenway group that's now, you know, part owners, investors, whatever, the PGA Tour Enterprises. Somebody was asking him about the world golf rankings and stuff. And he said, you know, quite frankly, we still, you know, as far as I might count, we have 93 of the top 100 ranked players in the world. Now, pause a couple of the, which is true. I mean, it's yeah, like, I know, that's a good yeah. way to. I, I don't I I you seem to take you seem to think that there's not merit to that statement. Well, you take so like, like back, kind of what ninety three kind of out of a hundred is way more than I mean if you want to say if even if it's seven of the top ten over at Live,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not anymore. And now the official world golf rankings. Now I'm not even going to say they're watered down. I think what we're seeing is it's like much more of you seeded your space. Um, If somebody were to say is is Bryson DeChambeau the two hundred sixty fourth ranked golfer of in the world? Not. I'd say no he's way better than a lot of those people on that ranking yeah. system it is and we all know why so it's not like they're they're not obsolete the people like, you're right there yeah. prove your point it's obsolete no people are opting out of one system and even when they get back in this is later on in the rundown but even when they get back in cuz live will get some some ranking yeah. points eventually we've talked about this before. So anyways, Mackenzie Hughes, shout out to the Canadian. He's right. I don't give a damn what you win. I want to see I want to see you and another guy having to hit prime golf shots under pressure, sinking putts, doing things that I am unable to do. I don't really give a rat's rear that your paycheck's going to be 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 times whatever, you know, average Joe's taken home. Good for you. I'm not it's not spite out of that. And 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 there there's a great argument to say, well, isn't that aspirational? Isn't that, you know, we should all kind of look to things and opportunity and eh, that's like telling every kid in the chorus you two can have a record deal it's not the reality of the world so don't yeah. focus on that part and maybe focus on the art of it all nice little analogy so when live does come <laughs> back around let's pivot real quick because yes. our opening thoughts have turned into a, a, a rambling news when Liv does come back around and this is part of it all they're gonna apply for world golf ranking points again yep. and this is back in the news and for folks who maybe not understand why they're such a big deal the Open Championship and the Masters invite the world top 50 as as, as declared by the official World Golf Rankings. Uh, U.S. Open, I think it's the top 60. And then the PGA Championship, it's like the top 80 or 100, something like that. So they, yeah. they're they basically how you get into the majors unless you are a former champion, uh, you know, or you're going through the open qualifying process for one of the Opens. Yeah. And Joaquin Neiman earlier this year won on live and he, you know, was really kind of morose about it because he realized it doesn't have a bigger, you know, he's putting all this, all this real effort into his professional craft and it's not having the payoff that it used to because he took himself voluntarily out of the running for that. He is again going to be there by way of the Australian open. So that's what 20 or 30 of those guys, 21 of the live guys are at the Asian tour this week. They're trying to get points because the Asian tour is part of the PGA tour family of networks. They get they, they do award points, not nearly as many, because obviously the overall yeah. caliber of those fields and tournaments aren't as much. That said, when Liv does get its points, it's not going to be as much as is I think they, they're expecting because they are going to take into account. You play 54 holes. You only play a handful of tournaments. You do have this selective process. So these guys are going to have to continue to supplement their schedule with the Asian tour. I don't think that's going anywhere. But at the end of the day, to say that the official world golf rank, that we need to change because this want 48 golfers, 60 golfers are going to dictate what, if you look at your boy, uh, run Rick, was it Rick run good? When yeah. he took a look at the, uh, at Rory's <laughs> kind of world global tour with relegation yep. and stuff. Yeah. He kind and of we'll
0: pieces together what it could look like. Yeah.
1: And, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but it totals up to like. 1100 1200 golfers when you include all of these tours so i do agree that live has planted its flag it's gonna it's moved Mm -hmm. the landscape a little bit nobody denies that but i don't think it's going to be as big of a shift as they thought it was going to be because of these you know 10 guys that they have yeah no
0: i agree and i think i and uh, i would love to get more i would love to have rick on and get more into his the breakdown of what he kind of structured together because one thing he had that uh, surprised me, and I'm sure there's more to it. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. Is that he did have oh, the nice. live tour in that second tier with, um, you know, with the um, I feel the other tour he had. Oh, no, that's right. It was the PJ tour and the lift tour the tour. Same level, and then the world tour at the top. That's right. Uh, and then you had the DP world tour, though he just called it the DP tour under that. Which the D, I feel, I don't know, I feel like the DP world tour has done a lot for golf as far as the European tour is growing. Like they've from when they were called the European tour, now the DP world tour, like what they've done for world golf, like that just seems like a slight disrespect to like, to just put them as the technical third tier, like, that that seems like that's that's I don't know I didn't like it but I'd be curious to like I would lo- I'd be curious to talk to him more to hear why he thinks that's how it would go I'm sure it would be a business reason and money and whatnot, um, but it's I don't know that that's it, it's got to be money and I know that but it doesn't feel right to me.
1: So if you haven't seen the piece we're talking about, I'll give you the real quick, I mean, the the real quick rundown. You have this world golf tour at the top tier, 80 players. And then below that, you have, you know, tier two, which would be made up of the PGA tour of 100 players and then live tour of their 48 or 54 players, whatever they are. Yep. Um, and then below that would be tier, you know, three with the DP World Tour or the DP Tour and the Corn Fairy Tour, each with like mm-hmm. seventy-five players. And then it just keeps on stepping it out into tiers yeah. uh, down, like to the Australia Tour, the Sunshine Tour, et cetera, et cetera. So what Drew, <laughs> Drew, I just called you Drew. What Drew's getting at? <laughs> what Andrew's getting at? and and I understand why you would, why you're saying this is like how come Live and PGA Tour get to make up that kind of tier two? And the and reason it is, the is, it's the money, hundred yeah. percent. That's all there is to it. Because they're gonna, they are still going to put a disproportionate amount of kind of revenue or not expense for whatever they're going to generate in revenue for all this talent sure. and whatever. And, and that's why this is a hypothetical. Because in reality, yeah. it's still kind of like that's not a savvy business model. But because of that, and I think the DP tour would, you know, take personal umbrage to it. But when the dust settled. If this whole thing were to actually happen, you have to establish that, that initial 80, that's going to drain all of those tours of their top tier talent, you know, all three of them. And so they're all going to be trying to fill those vacuums. And so you just assume that they're going to fill it with proportionately good talent. And I, and the further down you get, you don't have as much of it. So that's why I think when you start splicing hairs, you put the DP world tour in the third tier and you let the relegation do its work any there. way that was a lot of that was more time i thought we'd talk about relegation than ever there's our 60 good soccer <laughs> seconds uh that's my genesis
0: but yeah because the genesis was wild this weekend for a f- many different storylines i i say let's just start at this at the start because so much sure. happened um thir- thursday it was Good honestly, Thursday was the most normal day. It was the most normal day out of all the days. Let's be sure. real, it was, um, it was, it was pretty chill. And then obviously, ever, all eyes were on Tiger Thursday. He came out up and down, um, to be expected, finished one over. Um, not surprised there. I don't think he would have made the cut in the end, even if he didn't withdraw. But that was the big news. Obviously, he withdrew after I think it was what six holes. I believe, it yeah, was I think six they, holes. like
1: he hit his tee shot on seven and they picked him up in a cart.
0: Yeah, and the the news there was that flu-like symptoms, um, and head was in, in his or head head was in his hands at the cart going off the course, um, not pretty. I guess uh, there was some talk about because uh, he had shanked that shot on uh, on the first round, and he said that was caused because of back, you know, his back spasmed. He didn't say he had spasms. He said in that moment it spasmed and caused him to shank a shot. Uh, But apparently the withdrawal on Friday was because of flu-like symptoms. Uh, You have now opened up the biggest debate. Was it in and out or was it exhaustion for Tiger Woods that caused him to have flu-like symptoms? Uh, Did you land on exhaustion? Did your head get the best of you or could you not close that thought that he had some in and out the night before?
1: Well, he, I don't know if you saw it. He absolutely had In and Out. There's there's a picture of him taking his pickles off the In and Out burger. There was like an In and Out pop up uh, restaurant at Riviera on on Wednesday or Tuesday of tournament week, and so uh, there was picture That's why that's where that came from. That wasn't speculated out of thin air. Is created. Oh, I didn't like even see that, that there was that
0: there. I, I thought you just said that because they were in California.
1: It, Nah, there's a great and there's a great social media meme of like an In-N-Out uh, guy wearing an In-N-Out you know uniform, kind of peering or leering at Tiger while Tiger's eating his burger. And there's a joke so going I, around. I and, did see that you know,
0: picture, but I thought someone photoshopped. <laughs> Just it does that. look
1: photoshopped, and I think it, it might does. have been photoshopped, but it's based in reality in the sense that In-N-Out okay. was at play. No, I mean if you think about it, it it, it does make sense. And I'll tell you what the Rigsy over at Barstool said it, and I agree. He's like the absolute last thing the pga tour can have is the image of tiger being driven off the course head in his hands because it's an injury or his falling apart if yep. true and this is my favorite my favorite phrase in yep. like in news but we're not in news <laughs> we're in podcasting no uh if true and he had the flu uh, i can't help the think i was just rhyming Then it's no big deal because he, I mean, you think about it, he's Tiger Woods. So he did want to play at a high level. Hosting these tournaments is not like, you know, hosting a dinner party. He does have obligations and he's got to make sure that things, you know, Tiger Woods, he's putting his name on it. I'm sure that he wants to give it his full attention or as much as he can. Uh, And so all those things come into a head. If you're battling the flu, you get out there, you can only take some, you know, hydration and injections and IVs and, you know, whatever you got. So hopefully that's what it was. Uh, yeah. because if the physical is breaking down again or already, then that is a seriously bad sign. You know, there's speculation where are we going to see him again. Is he going to pop up it? Cause in his mind, I think that he would want to play basically the four, he would want to play seven, maybe with yeah. a flex eighth in there. He would want to play the four, the four majors. And then he would want to play his tournament, Jack's tournament, Arnie's tournament. And that right. makes sense. And, you know, and I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, every once in a while he wants to throw in an appearance somewhere else. Uh, but he still wants to compete. And I do think that we're going to see a time, unfortunately, sooner than later, where Tiger's not going to be a ceremonial golfer. It, the, yeah. the minute that the minute that he doesn't fully in his brain think that he can go out there and compete, even if he is kind of convincing himself of it, um, he's going to hang it up because I mean, he doesn't want to go out there and, you know, bang it around for 76, 75 still to my, to this day, his, his streak of 142 consecutive Cuts made is absolutely out of this oh, yeah. universe, mind boggling. Scotty Scheffler was talking about it. I don't know if it was a recent clip or a previous one, but every year at Tigers tournaments, these things surface and they talk about his records. And when he says, you think about it in the profession that we have, and you look at everybody else who's played this game. That means that not just, just once he didn't come out again, have food poisoning or the flu on a Friday that he couldn't battle through, you know, or just the random kind of shitty putting day that led to a 76. And, and he's like, that happens. It happens to the best all the time. And this guy just didn't have it for like, God, you know, was it seven year stretch from like 98 to 2005. So he, he's still the goat. Big (laughs) cat is going to, um, big cat's going to be fine i will say the impact on golf overall is not when is not that big of a deal yet but this is definitely testing the waters because it did it had everybody holding their breath the ambulance outside the whole the whole Mm -hmm. scene uh no matter how it finished out definitely was uh kind of like you said eh, i don't know if it stole the show but it was definitely the highlight at least for the day and that's where things started to get really fucking weird. And then they, they just yeah. continued right along with Jordan Spieth and Jordan well, Spieth getting disqualified.
0: Yeah, that was someone who couldn't handle the internet, obviously, because he did shit the bed on the course. And, and he goes out and signs for a three when he got a four. Um, And, and here's my thoughts on that. That sucks. It's unfortunate. He made a mistake. He owned the mistake and hasn't tried to back down from it once uh, in his comments afterwards. He even was out. Um, I forget who he, he made a, a social media comment uh, on someone else's post. I, I forget who it was uh, on, on Sunday, saying like, "Well, make sure you don't do like, basically poking fun of himself for signing the wrong
1: the, the wrong score on the scorecard." And he was but congratulating little, Hideki, and he said, "Make sure you double check yeah. that scorecard." Yeah,
0: that, that's it's which I love because he's owning it and whatever he he knows what he did and he he's blames no one but himself. The, but the, bat, the what I'm hearing around after this was that this, they're blaming the rule. They're blaming this archaic rule that's out of date and it, it, it's stupid, silly rule. And, and look, I get it. The, the, the idea of the rule that once you sign that scorecard, if it's wrong, as long as you're still standing within that that room and you realize it's wrong, you can go back, fix it, and like re-sign it or and whatever accounts, counts. But the second you walk out that door – And literally the second you step outside that door, they call you out on it. And then you're done. It's too late. You can't fix it. Like, I get it. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds stupid. But Jordan realized it It, it is the rule. It's the rule for a reason. Because the second they start take you know, lax on the parameters they set on some of these rules, it just opens up the possibility for people trying to pull some funny business to get away with some stuff. And I don't think necessarily anybody would or would even get away with it but i get why the rules in place and i don't see the need to change it or remove it. Here's what i saw this weekend. Do you as you listen to yourself?
1: <laughs> I was looking up a comment somebody brought up about this rule because i'll tell you right now, this is the dumbest fucking rule that is still being enforced in golf. And you know what, it's a perfect time. Let's take a quick break. Let's hear from underdog okay. and then uh, we can get into why this is still the dumbest fucking rule in golf. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball.
0: What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them gingerbread sent Good girl. And real fast, before we get into your your tease comments there, Nate, our good friend Nate from Econ Hills over on Instagram, uh, asks if Tiger goes, does Liv take an upper hand? And the short answer for that, I know we're both going to say, so I will answer for Bud is no. Uh, and Anthony Kim, he also says, Anthony Kim never signed the wrong scorecard. So uh, you know what, you are probably right there, Nate. Uh, we can't argue that last one on Anthony Kim.
1: I still don't know where Anthony Kim's going <laughs> to show up or if it's going to move the needle as much as uh, – again golf nerds big deal to us uh but i think mm-hmm. this would almost be like in, in the world of music if some star from the 80s resurfaced at a, at some you know music festival there's a niche population that would be excited yeah. by it but i don't know how much I don't, it's hard to explain the anthony kim phenomena because so you know
0: what it is? the it, perfect the perfect analogy it was is actually it's um uh what's her name showing up at the grammys to sing fast car with this year with uh, Luke Combs because so much of the generation that loves Luke Combs loves the fast car by Luke Combs thinks it was Luke Combs song. They had no clue that it's, uh, why can't I remember her damn name right now? Um, Tracy Chapman. Thank you, Tracy Chapman. They have no clue. Like Tracy Chapman's up there and they're looking at, Oh, who's this lady? And the rest of us from our generation and older is like, Oh my God, it's freaking Tracy Chapman. We haven't seen her in 30, 40 years. So not that, not 40 years, but you know, 20 years. (laughs)
1: That's close. I'll take but it. I feel like the that's that, that.
0: It's close. Will,
1: the court will allow it. Yeah, no, but Anthony Kim, I think it's cool, but at the same time, I don't know if it's really going to make that big of a difference at the end of it. I don't think he he commands that kind of a of a of a broader following. So somebody commented and at this buds for you on the Insta hams. Uh, really like your take. And that's is what I was saying. He said, all except for the Jordan Spieth, not being able to keep score. If you've ever played the top tier event, dot, 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 which don't the fuck you mean by that. Yeah. Uh, then the top tier event, then you know about the scoring area. And if you're unable to write your score down accurately, you don't belong in that particular event. No. So it's a golf tournament. It's it's a just, golf tournament. It's by the way, listen. The scorekeeping, the the whole rules around the integrity of the scorecard came from an era before we had twenty four hour cameras rolling man. in every direction, covering every shot. Volunteers, there's how many volunteers are with every group? You have them fair. keep yeah. the score. The, this this part of the game, this whole. You know, I mean, score. I think players should have to, you know, confirm it, or maybe they don't. Maybe that's just a responsibility we take off them. But the whole idea that, like, if you can't sign your scorecard, mm-hmm. then you don't belong at the event, can it? Well, yeah, I, I was, I was yeah. going to allow you, allow you to comment and share until it's like, what do you mean? That's not the, that's not the measure yeah. here. Whatever. How Keep good keeping is at his finest? Game? You know, not, not <laughs> how good is your penmanship. So yeah. it still is a stupid rule because the when you're talking about making rules, okay, why was the rule made in the first place? Because we came from a time where integrity mattered you had to be able to trust people. And so you did have somebody else keep their score. And so if there was mm-hmm. a discrepancy, you go to the third, we can just go to the tape. We have people call in from their couch and, and alter the trajectory of golf tournaments. You mean to tell me that Jordan Spieth, you know, th- that that was why he couldn't play the weekend is because, Oh, it was a six. It was a five. And, and, the presumption to that guys at this level now somebody's going to chirp me for this because they'll say with millions of dollars on the line they're going to do every competitive advantage they can. I You're know, a professional, they better get it right. <laughs> I mean, how about penalize them? How about do what you do? You know, the, the off with your head. It's a, oh, and you 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 signed an incorrect scorecard, two stroke penalty. Okay, yep. it was it was let's an see, honest mistake.
0: We see that when they don't drop the ball from the right height, uh, when they're taking a drop. I mean, we've seen those penalties get enforced. It could, you know, they make a good point. It could just be the same kind of idea.
1: I'm going to solve this right now. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-stroke penalty moving forward. If you sign an incorrect scorecard, you're given the benefit of the doubt that you weren't trying to subvert all the TV cameras and the people keeping score and all that kind of stuff it's just that it was an honest mistake, a m- miscalculation, you know, you get the benefit of the doubt again, because I think the need for the rule was back in the day when you would only have two okay. sets of eyes, three sets of eyes on a group. So you honestly had to have that, that, that real kind of double secret probation level of trust. But mm-hmm. the, the idea that, you know, Jordan or any golfer at that level for that matter is trying to I mean, I could see it happening at, you know, maybe like a Monday qualifier, which we'll sure. get into here in a second where one stroke can mean the difference between getting in and not. But honestly, this is one of those times where we need to recognize that they're just not playing the same sport. We are in the same environment and maybe they don't have to follow. Maybe this is one of those rules. Cause there is no rule for you and I, it's just calling, you know, being yeah. a dick or, you know, you're disqualified yeah, yeah, yeah. from whatever tournament, you know, but for these guys who do this day in and day out, maybe this one rule is one that we can recognize as if there's a discrepancy and it's discovered two stroke mm-hmm. penalty. move on with your life so then if
0: if that was the case and you know the reason jordan missed the weekend was because that two-stroke penalty caused him to miss the cut from a point standpoint then then you're fine with him missing the weekend
1: yes yeah okay yeah 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 yeah, at that point because then it's like it wasn't off with your head you know if you're leading the tournament and let's because incorrect scorecard what if you sign and you know you're you put you had an eagle, but your competitor put you down for a birdie and you didn't really see it that closely and you just kind of mm-hmm. went through it because you're not used to seeing that many threes or whatever. That could sure. be an incorrect scorecard. Two stroke penalty. You you know, maybe now you're tied to the lead or you're one off. So yeah, I think a penalty a stroke penalty because it's not that it's not that big of a deal. And for the it's a test of integrity or whether you belong at that <laughs> level of a tournament. I'll oh, get well, back. I, a, play, that's I play, play in plenty guitar. of qualifiers where you have a scorer's tent. And yeah, the same kind of thing applies. You rip off your little your score thing, you hand them their scorecard, you start comparing mm-hmm. it, and say, actually, back on number seven, blah, 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 blah. And if there's a disagreement, then the third player is brought in. And then if there's still a disagreement, like, then they go down this whole, like, you know, the gruel yeah. officials come in and start asking questions. But again, different circumstances. We can just go to the damn tape. Every single shot of these players is tracked by a volunteer my aunt my aunt and uncle actually do this for the tour they do shot link tracking mm-hmm. maybe we'll get them on the show one of these days That's ask cool. them about about it when i go through memphis so if it's at a monday qualifier i get it you know the stakes are a little bit higher with that one shot margin but i do think that maybe for the pga tour let's just let the let's let the uh, the data <laughs> and the computers take over speaking of monday qualifiers yeah did yeah, you I see, see did you see this what's going on with in myrtle beach
0: uh, I'm clicking. I didn't see it until you put it on here, but I haven't had a chance to actually read the, the whole article. Um, all right.
1: Well, real quick, while you kind I of see the headline, at the, it. the
0: headline is PGA Tour makes absurd decision to host qualifier for YouTubers for spot in Myrtle Beach Classic. That's, Look, about, that's, about, I, as I, I, that's about as accurate uh, as uh, you can without, get? Yeah. Without reading the article, first of all, why is this absurd? any like so maybe i'm wrong here but correct me if i'm wrong is there restrictions on who can sign up for a monday qualifier like do you have to uh, do you have to have certain points in other tournaments in order to even qualify to sign up for a qualifier for any tournament
1: uh real quick and by the way cuz we pause on that thought cuz the monday qualifier you're right i looked that up too and Yes, you have to have basically, you have to have like a 0.0 or better handicap and that's kind of it. And then you pay a hundred, you pay a couple hundred bucks for the entry fee. And there's any, you you know, sometimes there's a limit of the size, obviously, of how many guys they can take and get out there in one day or how many people, how many spots are available in the field. So the the details on this is essentially uh, the Myrtle Beach Classic. And we breezed right past the finish of the Genesis, mostly because I think that's how it I fell know. apart, too. You had Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley. We're going to go head-to-head. And then Hideki just blacked out and shot 62. And even in his press conference, it was like, unreal. I did have a great ball-striking day, uh, but you know yeah. everything fell together. Down six to
0: start the day and wins by three. Like, unreal.
1: <laughs> he is he, he's sneakily becoming he's kind of like justin rose but on a faster pace where you take three steps back and it's like he's only won nine tournaments i say only he's been mm-hmm. doing this not a long time he's won nine tournaments but they've all they're all name brand tournaments even you know yeah. the sony open in hawaii uh is, is it's not that i think that's the lowest quote-unquote tier the rest are wgcs and the waste management he's got the masters and now the riviera so mm-hmm. hideki you know tip of the cap the Monday qualifier system is, you know, mostly it's, you know, former tour pros or grinders guys living out of their cars and they're driving around. Yeah. So the, for the Myrtle beach classic, which is going to be a non-signature event being played opposite a signature event. So being played the yeah. same time as the oh, Wells Fargo. So it's already going to have, it's, it's going to mm-hmm. have like a, a, a lesson field. The, the pga and i think it's brilliant i don't think it's absurd i think this is a a stroke of genius so if you haven't heard there's 16 spots they're doing a monday qualifier they're going to do their normal monday qualifier essentially Mm -hmm. and then they're going to hold one spot in the field the one sponsor exemption that they're going to determine so really if you take three steps back that's the fourth time that i've I've used that tonight but if you take a broader (laughs) look at it they're not necessarily doing something special no. This basically the whoever is awarding the spot, the sponsor's exemption, is hosting a competition to see who's going to get that sponsor's exemption. So it's not like they're. I think mm-hmm. the Monday qualifier is still happening for that event. This yes. is going to be sixteen. I think eight or nine you know YouTubers essentially mm-hmm. Peter Finch is on there, you know, Grant Horvath's on there, and then there's a handful of Corn Fairy Tour guys, and you know, people who collectively yeah. have they these guys, you know, some of these guys have made PGA tour starts before. Uh, some of George Bryan's on that list.
0: Some of these guys have played in the majors before. I'm sorry, like yeah. the, the, the YouTuber. Um the, the there's a couple, there's two one guy on new Brett Dolkey on new on Good Good. Uh, good sure. good channel he played in the masters a few years ago like this yeah there's there's guys on youtube right now who they do videos and they play rounds out granted they're different formats but they still play rounds with professionals they can hack it yeah are they going to go out there and win the main event tournament most likely not but it's a fun little to mix up the myrtle beach classic why not i love right.
1: it <laughs> Also, you could see this, this could also become a thing where sponsors exemptions, see how many eyeballs these YouTubers are going to pull on and start, you know, here it is moving forward. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. And because, I mean, you do have, these guys are all like former college players, Matt Atkins, George Bryan, uh, Turk Pettit won the, was the. 2021 Division One Men's Champion at, at Clemson. Dan Rappaport from mm-hmm. Barstool's be playing. Peter Finch is out there. Fat Perez is playing. So these yeah, guys Fat can Perez, play. Perez is fucking good too. <laughs> exactly. These guys can play. Luke Quan from Good Good. He was on the University he, of Oklahoma. He was
0: a Corn ferry Tour player.
1: Yeah. So it's gonna be. I have no problem with it. The fact that somebody finds this absurd is a little get off my lawnish for my flavor. Yeah. I think it's. A, I think it's. I think it's kind of uh, the direction the direction of engagement there's a big debate right now there's people who think that youtube golf is the future of golf and i still don't think it is i don't think it's the I future
0: think- of golf but i do believe it has a it's a has a very high seat at the table for the growth of golf
1: yeah yeah and yeah. The, ce- in the, in the ceiling is uh, you we can't even see it yet because obviously yeah these guys started around a lot of these guys just started playing with their buddies and now all of a sudden they're getting into monday qualifiers specifically yep. tailored just for them you know so andrew there is hope for us uh i couldn't like i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't be able to even sniff the these no, guys these, uh these guys know, are still a little too all... handicapped well, uh, they...
0: well that's what a lot of these guys are there i mean i know mm. some of them some of them are zero or better but like they're all down in that range. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not perfect golfers. No one's a perfect golfer first off, but they're good. There's, enough tears. To,
1: yeah. There's tears to the game. They're above me. And I re- I recognize that, but it would still be fun to <laughs> chop it up um, yeah. and throw my hat out there. So I think this is, a, this is something that's cool. I think it's you're, you're going to see more of this kind of stuff because yes, the accessibility of YouTube and the way that content can be, uh, you know, just, chewed up and consumed. So this won't be yeah. televised. So they're not going to televise this, but they are going they're going to there's like the the Visit Myrtle Beach or the sponsor of the tournament who's you know putting all this together is going to release like a 90-minute video, a documentary based on it or like a video presentation of it on their YouTube channel and mm-hmm. these guys are going to be able to document their own experiences and kind of release it. it's going to yeah. be one of those things where you're going to get, gonna get say short that- from behind the scenes before we find out who actually won maybe. I was going to say not, let, it the, might, let it these might just guys can- off.
0: I was gonna say, let these guys carry their GoPros. It's what they do best. Like they would be entertaining while they're also out there trying to do something that would be, I'm assuming, uh, a dream, like a dream for some of them, but also just another step, like stepping stone for some of the other guys who have had a brush with it before.
1: So, I think it's a good thing, and I'm glad we're on a positive there because something that yeah. uh, something that jumped out at me, and then we'll get into the fantasy this week. It's the Mexican Open at Vidanta. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll you'll see four, why
0: we're gonna breeze through the rest of this. Four, we, uh, get four there. of the top fifty
1: <laughs> are, are in the field. Not to sh- not to shit not to shit sh- on the John Deere Classic of the uh, of the South, but um, well, when fourborn
0: Olisson is uh, priced above ten k on DK, you know it's a rough
1: <laughs> Don't listen. Don't sleep on Mikey. Uh, so why are people obsessed? I saw an article headline, and and I think this speaks to a larger kind of. I don't know, outlook on things, but it's like golf is fractured and not even the majors can put it back together. I don't understand. I just I don't that's understand. You
0: know.
1: Well, it, it, yeah, it, but it seems to be like that's what you want to see. It's like this is fractured. Who's gonna who who's Who's winning? Who's losing? I don't get it. Golf is. Golf itself is fine. You've heard me rant about this before. It's a game. It's a sport with the growth of YouTube and the partnerships that they're doing. I mean, and you know, like even the country Mm -hmm. club adjacent guys with what they latched on with at live and kind of carved out their place in the golf, the golf universe, golf's not fractured. Professional golf isn't even fractured. There's more opportunity now. Uh, There's Mm -hmm. more risk reward. There's more payoff. Because again, we talk about those guys over at live are getting paid and they're getting boatloads of money. They're still not advancing their careers very much. And so if that doesn't change, then golf, I just don't get that mentality of golf is fractured and the majors can't even put it back together. I do think that that's somebody either. who doesn't have a lot of creativity and I don't know this person who wrote it, but the the sentiments behind it uh, is you're either just a negative person and probably a real bore to be around at parties. And I don't want you in my foursome or it's just kind of like trolling for clicks there. That kind of low hanging fruit of we'll stop and look at a train wreck just to see if there's anything on fire versus, you know, the pretty flowers that are on the other side of the tracks. So I just, I don't know that stuck at that stuck in my craw, the negativity that was exhibited there, but I think we have a we have a few minutes left, so we should, probably should pivot to the actual golf of the week. Uh, we should, which we is
0: get, yeah. You already mentioned we get the Mexican Open at Vedanta. Uh, I think I said that right, Vidanta. Um, sure. And yeah, so the biggest thing here is is uh, anytime we're playing in in Mexico, the elevation is somewhat of a thing, um, which makes sense when you look at some of the length of some of these holes. Uh, we get some long ones, uh, and the, the the par fives, especially this week, are, that's what uh, she said, are particularly long. Uh, so for me, when it comes to key threes, like that's, that's something I focused on because even the, the non-power fives uh, still got some length to them. So, uh, strokes gain power five, strokes gain ball striking, and then proximity 200 plus out, uh, that just seems to be the, the areas of, or types of shots from those areas that are going to lead to scoring this week. You're going to have to score on those power fives, I think, uh, which means you got to be good from like that 200 plus out distance. It's going to be a lot of approaches from there. I can dig it. Yeah.
1: I agree with you on the strokes, gain, ball striking. You know me. That's where I hang my hat. And uh, this being a field that I don't have a lot of gut play here. And you pointed out the elevation. I'm talking this kind of a resort type course. And so it is long, but they've got the elevation to, mm-hmm. to offset that. So and, and it's not necessarily overwhelmingly difficult. I think 17, 18 under has won here before. So yeah. I think it's just going to be a consistent dig to the bottom, you know, who can make the most birdies and consistently go downhill. So I'm leaning on ball striking. Cause that is the overall best test of how somebody is playing in my opinion. And then, yep. so to top that off, just to what, who's going to separate out when you start splicing here, so strokes gain, putting. So I'm leaning on the two old reliable ones and then birdie or better gained. That's who's making birdies, who's making putts, who is just hitting the ball well because um – The one thing that really can help in a course like this is if you are a bomber, uh, because resort style, usually they're wider fairways, which means you can just kind of let it rip and get down there. And worst case scenario, you have a bad angle, but you're going to be in the fairway. And these guys with lofted clubs from just about Mm -hmm. any angle can do things. One thing you'll have to look at is wind. If the wind picks up uh, with these wide courses, that could that could affect play. But. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that I looked at the weather and it looks like it's going to be typical Mexico this time of year 80s not a lot of wind if you are again going to go one layer deeper and splice hairs then take the guys in the morning wave or you know if you're going to have to really get nitty gritty because earlier in the day no wind. But all that said, we have our key three, and I think that uh, sets us up to be able to deliver succinctly. I don't think there's gonna be too much breaking it down for each one, Uh, and I'll explain why on mine here when we get into our emergency nine.
0: Yeah, let's get into the emergency nine. And you, you nailed it, and we're going to give the uh, the intern a, a nice, easy edit because I say we just run – each of us run through our nine all at once uh, just because, like you said, I don't think there's going to be much breakdown here. This field is, um, uh, as you said – Charmin. Char- here we go, Charmin. This, but wh- what I've said in the past with fields like this and tournaments like this, want, because it's also a, a, a wide-open resort course uh, and people can really let it rip here, uh, and the field is weaker – if you want to call it that, but it is. Um, anybody can win from anywhere. So don't be afraid if you're playing on DraftKings to, to reach towards the bottom of the barrel and to kick it off at number nine for me. That's exactly a guy that I'd be going to. In Preston Stanley is my number nine guy. He's someone who I would reach to the bottom for, uh, mainly because uh, he just ranks out good in my in my key stats. He's 14th ball strike and 23rd on par fives. 88th in putting. So he's a bit more of the middle field. They were top 25 and 200 plus. So why not a guy like Preston Stanley in a tournament and in a field like this followed up by Cameron champ at number eight, Brandon Wu, number seven finished second here last year uh, has had a good run at this tournament. Um, He uh, finished, sorry, third here last year, second, the year before that. So Brandon Wu is another horse for the course where it comes to here. Uh, Davis Thompson, number six, Eric Van Royen, what'd
1: you say? Davis Thompson, go dogs.
0: Oh, go dogs. Sorry, I really could not understand what you said. Well, I I put that together. Uh, Eric Van Royen, number five, and then Taylor Pendrith, number four. Uh, Tony Finau, the defending champion, if you want to talk about horse for the course, Tony Finau, winner last year, T2, the year before that, Uh, this this tournament's only been here for the past two years, so uh, Tony Finau is a guy that's going to be highly owned, uh, very expensive at $1,200 in DraftKings, Uh, and then my top two are a bit more surprising, uh, maybe not by pricing-wise this week, but just by... strict name value, uh, Doug Gim, number two for me, and then Mark Hubbard, number one. Mark Hubbard is another guy who has had a, a sneaky, um, good uh, experience here, uh, T-18 last year, T-51 the year before that, uh, but he's also been playing fairly well in his recent tournaments, uh, 53 at Phoenix Open. He finished fourth at Pebble Beach and T-20 at the Farmers, so Mark Hubbard is a guy who raised out well in the st- stats, and also has the form to back it up. I made the editing nice and easy this week.
1: <laughs> big on, big on Mark Hubbard. I am too. I uh, you mentioned it earlier, and I mentioned it earlier. It's so a, a quick note on when we say this is a weaker field because I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm fame, I'm famous. I like to yeah, say same. a lot the line of demarcation between you know the good golfers and the elite golfers, you know, and really the mm-hmm. elite and the champion is really thin and it is a tournament like this the point you're trying to make is these guys are all really really good we spend so much of our time focusing on the top 20 to 30 guys right uh you know i almost sometimes when you say things like preston stanley i'm like are you making things up at this point but (laughs) all it takes we saw we saw an amateur win a few a few weeks back even though if he is a well decorated Mm -hmm. amateur and guys when they get to this level they're all well decorated they're all you know all conference this or you know junior champions for that and you know they've, they've got something that they've learned how to win to get to this point and they're not idiots either you know when they look at the field and they see that you know most most of the top 40 50 40 or 50 are sitting out this week they understand that that that's an opportunity for them so we i exactly. do expect to see some good golf and there is some crossover in our in our nine but all that qualification to say that I plugged in my, my key three Mm -hmm. and I'm just taking straight up from nine to one. I'm not splicing any hairs. That's the the second time I've said splicing hairs. Jesus. So I'm going straight off the, the model. We're going to see how it's going to work for us this week. And starting at number nine, Mark Hubbard, again, I mentioned wind, Australia guy, he plays well in the wind, he's a name that shows up at some of the tournaments where you might see some windy conditions, Thomas Dietry at number eight, he played well recently at Pebble Beach, so I like that the numbers gave me him, Michael Kim at number seven, Nikolai Hoigard at six, uh, part of the Brothers Hoigard uh you know, donated to us from Europe. Garrett higo at number five, Taylor Pendrith, number four, Justin Suh three, Chess and Hadley two, and Eric Van Royen, number one. I'm proud of my model. I support my model, and I'm going to be with my model through this weekend at the Mexican Open at Vidanta.
0: I love it. And that's an Uh, what's it called um and maybe next week we'll give because it's been a while since we've reminded people that we are doing a little yearly contest between us for the for the money between these emergency nines that we put together um basically calculating who has won earned the most money from each tournament for those picks uh so we'll get there uh an update on that uh, next week i think would be a good time for that but just looking at our genesis really fast i know um i know obviously i had uh, shit, shit, I forgot I had a in my emergency nine. Fuck, I hit the winner, sweet. Um, so <laughs> I had a deck, yeah, in frig this off, week. Barb. I didn't even realize I had that. That's a nice little surprise. I had lists, I had, did not I. Have a... <laughs> I had a good run last week. <laughs>
1: <Shit>. <laughs>
0: um, had a great but, no, run. But, but uh, but I know you had because you had Xander up there too. Scheffler was in the mix a while, so we both had a bear, so like. That that we've been we've been doing pretty well on our you know quote unquote earnings so far this year. Uh, so I expect this to be a tight race all the way through, uh, similar to last year. You know when we we did it a little differently last year. We did a drafting space, but uh, we finished pretty damn close last year.
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty confident to say you've got the lead in the overall money right now, and we are tied two wins a peach a, a peach two wins a peach? A peach. wow a peach heading <laughs> into Don't the split those hairs again swing. <laughs> Uh no, but I, after this week the, down in Mexico, the the guys are gonna get back. We're coming to the East Coast. We get the Florida swing. that gets us geared up for the Masters. Uh, they do a little stopover yes. in Texas before that. But um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to the next few weeks weeks of golf. I do think that. You're going to have to kind of be a junkie if you if you really if you're going to be tuning into this kind of stuff. So you can follow yeah. at this at divots for divots and pivots or at this buds for you to uh, stay t- stay tuned for all your golf updates. And at real Mr. Mallard for all other things, fantasy sports, including his golf picks. Andrew will put those out there yeah. from time to time. Uh, but yes. real quick, I saw a headline about live golf the numbers are in even after the john rom signing and i is every time and maybe i'm i'm chasing the football you know lucy charlie brown but i i don't know how much longer live can keep this up because they're about to they're about to go overseas where literally nobody in the the big major markets the predominant markets for you know global golf which i know this is going to sound so american-centric but it is the european and the american markets are the kind of that's where most of the money is generated. Most of the eyeballs are most of the big name tournaments take place. So when you have these guys going overseas for, you know, three, four weeks, it doesn't seem like they have a lot of momentum. We'll see if they make a bit of a splash when they, when they play the week before the masters and they come back. But, um, I don't know, man, you know, John Rahm, you know, saying that it hurt to watch those tournaments. He, you know, he wasn't here to defend and then he had to watch the Genesis and then he's going to, you know, he's going to sit there and he's going to see everybody at Augusta. Could you see a world where he breaks his contract and comes back?
0: Um, no i don't think so just because I, I think they've i think they've at least been smart from a business standpoint with these contracts and I, I don't think there is a way that these guys break these contracts without one looking like fools and two having a, a massive monetary uh, you know monetary penalty I, I don't think it i don't think yeah you're
1: right that's the, that's the dreamer that in me asking the question uh last but no, i get at least i'm uh after seeing it after seeing tiger wear it I'm coming around on Sunday red. I mean, we all know it was going to happen. I, I, you know, yep, when you see totally something, shocks you, well, and then even all the, all the, all the pot shots I've been trying to take at it. I'm like, Oh, it looks like the Puma logo. Well, the Puma logo is a good logo. It's a successful brand. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, I see what they're doing here. It looks yeah. like it's always belonged. It looks like it's, you've always seen tiger wearing tiger, like that kind of thing. I think the, the, sure. the thing I didn't see coming was the partnership with TaylorMade, uh, but again, it make I think that makes sure. sense. Kind of like you have the Jumpman brand under the Nike umbrella where I don't know if it's mm-hmm. similar setup business wise, but the, you know, with the analogy of it lives in this family, but it's Sunday red, it's its own thing. So back yeah. to you in the studio.
0: Pull back to me in the studio to do the one important thing, and that's land this plane every week here. Every Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on the That Sports Podcast Network. I'm Andrew LaDuke. This is Bud Copeland. We are Divots and Pivots, and we will see you next week. Enjoy the Mexico Open. Stay classy.